0: Log Talk Radio. <laughs> and welcome to the first episode of Trundlebed Tales podcast in 2013 and we're going to be doing a roundup of what went on in Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom this year and uh we this is the third one of these types of episodes that I've done so I hope that you enjoy it and that uh, you'll be listening to a lot more episodes of Trundle Bed Tales this year. Now, to start with, we've got a little housekeeping. And uh, that's to let you know that we are going to have our first interview with a guest Uh, is going to be next Saturday. I don't have a time yet because I'm still finishing it up, but I'm going to be talking to uh, Pam Stover, who uh, is a professor, and she's going to be talking, well, she's a professor of music, but she's going to be also talking about her other research interest, which is one-room schools. And, For her uh, thesis research, she went through and analyzed reports on the equipment what was available in a one-room school. So I think that's going to be an interesting episode, and that's going to be next Saturday. And while we're mentioning next Saturday, I do just want to briefly point out, and I will actually mention this when we get a little further along again, but the um, um, American um, Printing House for the Blind in Kentucky has – started having a Mary Ingalls event. They're going to have it again this year, and it's going to be January 12th at 10.30 a.m. So if any of you are in the Kentucky region, you may want to check that out because I have heard good things about this event, though I haven't managed to make it there myself. Um, And I hope I do a pretty good job uh, summing things up today. Just so you know, I have started uh, for the new year, I was given a lovely little notebook for Christmas, so I said, Well, I'll just write out all my notes for my shows in this one booklet and it'll be in one place and everything will be super organized and I took it in when when my mother was getting her hip operation on right after Christmas and uh promptly lost it. So uh this is the second time through going through and coming up with a list of everything that happened and Uh, Laura fandom this year so I hope I'm going to get everything but if not I may have to give an additional hint in a later episode and uh, I did want to say that I looked back and I realized it has been well basically since July since I got one of the travel times episodes in I actually have a couple people lined up to do the episodes I don't have the dates confirmed yet but we're going to be getting back on track with our schedule for Trundle Bed Tales, which is to have uh, somewhere in the first half of the month a update for the month of what's going on uh, and coming events, then to have at least one half-hour episode that's me talking about something like this one, and then to have at least one hour episode where we interview somebody. So hopefully we'll be back on schedule and... Things are looking great for 2013. Now, just as a reminder, if anybody wants to call in, uh, they can do that at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253 or toll-free 877 6339389 that's 18776339389 the chat room is open if you want to talk that way too and i wanted to give one more shout out to an upcoming episode before we jump into this one uh, uh traditionally I have a on-air birthday party for Laura Ingalls Wilder on February 7th. I'm planning to do that again this year and what I would really like is uh to have other people share their either favorite Laura memory or the story of how they got involved in in uh Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom. Uh and I would just love it if you'd be willing to share that. It'll be uh the night of February 7th and you can call in that night. If you'd rather, you can uh write it all up and and email it to me at info at Trundle Tales. You can Facebook it to me. Uh, there's a Trundle Bed Tales Facebook page or under Sarah Utah you can uh, send it to me through LinkedIn or through Twitter or any of that. So uh, I really hope that some of you will choose to share. You've got just over a month here So think about it. Think about how you got into Laura Fandom. Think about what your favorite memory is. And please get back to me before next month's episode. And I think that's all of the housekeeping. So what we're going to do today is going to go through and talk about all the different things that is are going or have gone on in Laura Fandom in 2012. And uh, first, let's just sort of start with me. I now have a Trundle Bed Tales Facebook page. I've been working on adding information. If you, I've had it, I don't think quite a month yet. If you are interested. In uh, Laura, I would really appreciate it if you would like my page and tell any friends about it, too. The podcast uh, really kicked up listeners in the second half of 2012. Um, I'm not exactly sure what happened, but we had a remarkable uptick in listens. So uh, just before we came on air, I went and checked and we actually had 36,333 total lessons uh since i started the the podcast 2 years ago and a lot of those are from the very last part of 2012 So welcome to all the new listeners. I'm glad to have you aboard, and I appreciate everybody who helped spread the word about the only podcast I know about that talks about Laura Ingalls Wilder and related subjects. And to move on to bigger things, uh, this was sort of the year of the conferences. I'm not exactly quite sure why this happened either, but there was sort of a sweet spot of rotating conferences. And Laura Palooza, the conference of the Laura Ingleswelder Wilder uh, Legacy and Research Association, was this July, which if you listen to this podcast and don't know that, uh, you haven't really been paying attention. But it was a really nice event. We were in Mankato for the second time. Uh, and a lot of people could come. And, and it's always such a great time to get a chance to talk to fellow Laura fans. And uh, I think probably the highlight of the event for me was the Legacy Award Ceremony. And the Legacy Award was created by the Laura Ingleswilder Legacy and Research Association to recognize people who have made a contribution um, to Laura Wilder fandom. And the first one, of course, went to Bill Anderson, this time it went to Shirley Nockmuth of the Walnut Grove Museum and to Barbara Walker of the Little House Cookbook. And it was just really a wonderful event, and to hear all of this outpouring of love for these women was just remarkable. And I'm really glad that I got to be a part of that. And if you are sorry you didn't, then make sure you clear your calendar, pencil some space in for July 2000. uh Go there. So keep an ear cocked, and we're looking forward to great things into July 2015. So start working on it now, so you won't be sorry then. But. Laura Palooza was not the only conference. There were lots of them going on. It also happened to be the same year that the Ellen Montgomery Conference cycled through out in Prince Edward Island and they had did a wonderful job of telling people what was going on through it through Twitter. Uh, there's a Facebook group, the Ellen Montgomery Research Group, uh, that I would recommend anybody who likes Ellen Montgomery. Uh, and the Betsy Tacey Society has just really it doesn't have a very long history, but it's done a remarkable job of being organized and focused and uh just very impressive and their conference was also this year, and I didn't get that uh to go to that but um I'm back by official listener who had to hobble up with her walker because she's still got her working on a replacement hip, just reported that I had kicked out when I was starting to tell you the dates for the next Laura Palooza. So let me repeat that. Uh, it was July 2015. We don't have the the firm dates yet, but keep the first, no, probably the middle two weeks, kind of penciled in on your calendar and cockaneer uh, to when we may be getting something firm. All right, so the the Betsy Tasty conference was this summer. I didn't get to go to that, sadly. Sometime I'll make it. It was also in Mankato. And the Country School Association of America, which has an annual conference, and if you like anything about one-room schools, if you are interested in the stuff about Laura teaching and going to a one-room school, this would be a great group for you to get involved with. Uh, This time they were in Des Moines, which was great because it was really easy for me to go. Next This coming June, it's going to be in Georgia, and I think, I don't have my notes for that part in front of me, but I think after that, it's going to be in Kansas City. They try and do a Midwest city someplace out of the Midwest, and then back to the Midwest again, because most of the members are in the Midwest, but they want to try and include other regions of the country. So the Country School Association of America has a website, they have a listserv, they have a Facebook page, get on board with them, I think that you'll be glad you did. Now moving away from conferences a little bit, the Herbert Hoover Presidential Library has a long connection with Laura. They've been having Laura events on a regular basis for oh, I haven't done the math lately, but I would say roughly the last 20 years, uh, including uh having a full Laura conference, which the papers for which were published and uh Laura Ingalls Wilder exhibit that is still their all-time record holder for uh, the most people to attend a... Um, they call it winter. It really ran from, like, January to... Uh, I think it's April. But the January through April kind of time frame for their winter exhibit, the Laura one got the most visits ever. Uh, and they had... Reevaluated some things and not had their Laura Ingalls Wilder remembered event in 2011, uh, 2012 they brought it back, and I am glad to say that. And I got to speak again. It was a slightly smaller event. Um, partly, I think it didn't get quite the push it normally did because they didn't, they really didn't get on. A, Um, the ball of making the decision as early as they could have to start promoting it. But uh, I think it was a real nice thing, and I'm very glad to see it. I haven't heard for sure whether they're going to continue it in 2013. I sincerely hope they do, and if you hope they do, let them know. Uh, Also in Iowa, there was a bunch of stuff going on in Vinton. Now, they had had a major windstorm go through the area. Uh, it wasn't a tornado, it was straight-line winds, but it was a particular kind of straight-line straight line winds that were called something like the Delecho, and they were very, very powerful and did the same kind of damage tornado would do, including taking off most of the roof of the School for the Blind and sadly destroying a lot of the artifacts that were stored in the attic. However, good news, when they had put the the last floor on the blind school as an addition. They had put a cement cap over it. So that meant most of the damage from the winds and from the water, which came in a few days later in this torrential rainstorm they had, uh, stayed out of the museum. And the Mary Ingalls materials had actually been moved down to the ground floor So they were not in any danger at all. So that's all good news. And the regents, in a brilliant move, which, frankly, I did not think that they were going to because they aren't known for their brilliant moves, but they in a brilliant move that we're so grateful for, tell them, the Iowa Board of Regents, that you are grateful for them, uh, having approved getting a new uh, roof on the blind school. They had had just had a temporary roof, which was last basically black plastic stretched over it uh to last one year but they're going to get a permanent roof which is just fantastic news because you need a solid roof on an old building once the roof goes you're in major trouble and it really usually you cannot save a building once the roof goes so that is majorly good news more good news they had what they hope will be the first Mary Ingalls pageant in the form of a play that happened at the 160th anniversary of the School for the Blind. And they also formed a Mary Ingalls Society uh, focusing both on Mary and the more broad general history of the blind school. And uh, they just got that going this fall. And I think it's well worth belonging to. And I am so glad. This is such a refreshing change from their attitude for many years that they're now naming Mary and celebrating, and we want to encourage that and see that it continues. Uh, But it isn't just in Iowa where there's big doings going on. It seems like this is the year of big doings just about everywhere. At Pepin, the Laura Museum there, uh, has started construction of a joint building, and what I mean by that is they had what used to be the wagon wheel antique shop as their main Pepin museum for many, many years. Then they bought when the garage next door you know the repair garage next door went out of business, they bought that and turned that into exhibit space too, so now they're going to be building. Uh, an addition that connects their two buildings, giving them a single front door for people to come through, which I think is going to be a big help. It's going to have public bathrooms, which is, if you could come up with one thing that would probably do the most improving of a visitor experience, it's to add public bathrooms rather than being told you can use the gas station on the corner. I think this is really a great thing. I'm glad that they're able to do it. And they got a bank loan to pay for it, so they are now starting a capital campaign to pay off uh, the the debt from this addition. But I, I'm so glad they've done it, and they are supposed to be starting construction in the spring, so hopefully by lower days next year it'll be done, and maybe even before that. So we'll have to see how that goes. A sad bit of news also from Pepin, the Little House Store in Lund, Wisconsin, uh, which was a little private store that sold Laura-themed things. It was really a very nice, unique shop. I enjoyed it a lot. There's uh, more information about this on the website, but they had, uh, after the, the woman, Cynthia Johnson, who uh, ran it, died, sadly, her family kept it going for a little while, and Now they've officially called a break to it. They have sold what their remaining stock was to the gift shop in Pepin, and uh, the store is now closed permanently. I'm sorry to say, but I did want to mark its passing because I think it made uh, a lot of Laura fans happy over the years. Um, I had mentioned during the housekeeping the, the um, American Printing House for the Blinds Museum is having their Mary Ingalls event this year. They have an online exhibit now, and uh, they also have this event. This must be the third or fourth year that they've done it. This year's event is January 12th, and it'll be at 1030 in the morning. And again, anybody who's in the Kentucky region, check it out. I've heard great things about this event, even though I haven't managed to make it there myself. Mansfield also had big doings going on. Now, they were trying to have a big, exciting Wilder Day because they have gone through and actually come up with a master plan for the site. And I think this is something that Mansfield deserves a lot of credit for. Um, I would say Mansfield and uh, Malone Burke, New York, are the two sites that have done the best job of having a long-term plan and getting there so uh with the site in in malone burke new york they had like started off with an archaeological dig to establish where things were they wanted to get the house done first then they wanted to recreate the outbuildings now they're working on the school and they have kind of a master plan showing where they're going and they have done that a really good job with that all the way along and now mansfield has developed the same sort of long-term plan. They had, for a lot of years, had their goal getting the farm uh, back. And Laura and Almanzo, at the high point, had just shy of 200 acres. And they have now purchased 180 of those same acres for the museum. So they have done a great job. That was a wonderful goal to own all the land, and they have pretty much accomplished that. Now they have uh, new ideas for their long-term goals, and one thing, they got a grant from the USDA to pay for this new archive library building on site, and it was supposed to have groundbreaking last fall. I haven't heard a progress report, but hopefully um, that building is supposed to be coming online sometime over the summer and it would make it more more easy and more open for people to go and visit the sites and to keep the original papers in better shape, which is all great news. Um, unfortunately, the Wilder Day, that they were hoping to have a big one to sort of raise money towards this plan. Uh, got rained out horribly. They had a couple special guests, um, but numbers were way down because apparently from the pictures and, and from talking to people, it was just pouring down poor buckets of rain all day. Uh, but hopefully uh, the Wilder Day will be better in 2014, and they will be able to uh, earn some money towards this. Uh Kansas had trouble with the weather, too. The Laura, uh, the Little House in the Prairie Museum site there had a pretty bad hailstorm. And uh, by pretty bad, I mean the buildings were not safe to go in for a while. Windows were all taken out. It was not good. Uh, but they did have insurance, and I believe, last I heard, I think they are all back and running and ready to open up again Um at the beginning of the season, so that's good. In uh, DeSmet, the, the uh, Laura Angeles Wilder Memorial Society has continued its purchases of Garth Williams' illustrations. Uh, the last count I heard, they are up to 27, and they still have money in their fund, although... They are still uh, trying to gather money, so if you want to give them money so they can buy more Garth Williams original uh, drawings, they will most happily take it, and they have done a real nice job showcasing those. Um, uh, Walnut Grove has also purchased them, I think maybe Mansfield has, but they have not been nearly as forthcoming about what they're doing with those. Malone, I mentioned earlier with their their plan, they are now on to the one-room school part of it. Now, there are some disagreements about which school was the school that Almanza went to. Um, I know whose theory I believe, but it is sadly pretty much a theory because the names don't exactly match up. But uh, they decided neither building that was a possibility was going to be available to move to the site, so they're building a replica from scratch. Uh, They have gotten the outside done. They're still working on the inside. If you want to contribute, you can, uh, for $100, get your name on a plaque saying that you contributed to that. The outside's done. It's painted, and they're working on the inside, and they ran out of funding before they completely finished the inside, but uh, great project. Glad to know that they're working on that. Uh, Bill Anderson, always the font of Laura Ingalls Wilder information, has come out with new editions of Laura Ingalls of Mansfield and the Laura Ingalls Wilder Reader that are available at most of the home site stores, which that is always good news. Cheryl Harness, uh, well, my favorite living Laura Ingalls Wilder illustrator uh, who really does a beautiful job. I have one she did of the... Four sisters' faces, and they look so alive. I just love it to death. Uh, She also has done a set of note cards, which I thought, when I looked at them, they were six designs, six of the same kind in each little container. No, you get one of each design, of each six designs in each package. So that's something good to know. Uh, They're available at several of the home sites or through Cheryl's. Uh, e store she's also done a laura ingalls wilder coloring book uh, which is great fun and she is i am very excited to announce working on a calendar for 2014 which will be full color original illustrations that she's done of something related to the ingalls wilder families for each month and the text to go with them is being written by william anderson So she's going to be selling that through her Etsy store. I can't believe that they won't have it through the home sites, but I haven't heard that for sure. But uh, keep in mind, it's something to watch for at Trundle Bed Tales. As soon as I know, you know. Well, as soon as I know, I get a chance to buy two copies, and then I'll come on and tell you that that it's available because I'm sure I'm going to want one to use and one to put aside for framing because uh, she just does such a gorgeous job with her illustrations, and I'm so glad that she's working on that. And that brings us to other big event of the year, and that's the Library of America selected Laura's books to come out as one of their... Uh, publications. Library of America is a non-profit organization that puts out the definitive editions of American authors' work. Uh, it's um, a very prestigious uh, award to be selected, to be included in this Library of America. And usually the type of people you hear getting selected for this kind of honor would be people like... Um, Thornton Wilder, that, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm sure Ernest Temingway has one. though no, I don't have the list of them in front of me. That, that kind of writer is normally who's selected for this. And then they have their entire body of work edited and published as a multi-volume set. You'll see them often in libraries with uh, black covers and then a line drawing of the author on the cover. And they 're in bookstores too uh, it actually they come out with two versions: one is that black colored covered set, and another is a full color cover pretty box set and uh, both of those are available for laura 's works. Uh, they were edited by Caroline Frazier, uh, who previously done a couple of articles about Laura and gives a lot of information of, of the changes she made. It takes out all of the the illustrations and gets Laura's text into two volumes plus a couple essays. Goes in and corrects things. I'm I'm hoping like um, bay, blade of grass or or blade of grass instead of bale of grass and when and a couple other little errors like that who have snuck in through the years. So all that stuff's supposed to be corrected. She makes a list of what the corrections were. Um, there's a sort of a setting essay. It's sort of a neat thing, and as they say, it is a great honor because this is not usually something that is selected for someone who is known as a children's writer. That she was chosen for that really was unusual and incredible, and we're really lucky that, that she did because it is definitely going to up Laura's prestige in the greater academic world. So uh, those I haven't seen available at the home sites yet. I assume they're going to be. In the meantime, if you want them now, you can get them in Amazon. And if you're having trouble tracking them down, I did a post that was the shopping guide on Beyond Little House, and there are direct links on, from there to the Amazon page for both versions of the work, the black cover and the pretty box set. And much like 2012, this time, seems to have gone through a lot faster than uh, I thought because there was so much stuff going on, but I think that's a pretty good rundown of what's going on in Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom. We're looking ahead to a lot of exciting things in 2013. I can't wait to see what all it holds. Uh, a couple of reminders that next Saturday we're going to be doing another episode of Bed Tales with Pam Stover. It's also going to be the Mary Ingalls event at the School for the Blind in Kentucky, or the, I'm sorry, American Printing House for the Blind in Kentucky. So if you're in that area, stop by or let them know you're coming at 10:30 a.m. on January 12th. And remember, February 7th is coming up quick, and I want your memories, your favorite memories of and your uh, stories about how you got into Laura Ingalls Wilder fandom. Thank you for coming along today and have a wonderful Laura experience in 2013. <laughs>